Let's ask God's help. Lord, as we open our Bibles now, we know that understanding only comes from you. We know you because you have revealed yourself to us. And as we study your word today, we pray that you will do just that. Not just a matter of reading words and understanding a language, but understanding you and coming to a deeper love and appreciation of you. So we pray your help now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 15. We're going to be talking about uh, gifts that God could possibly give us. A good gift and then a greater gift. And the title of the sermon is Praise God for the Greater Gift. We need to recognize what the greater gift is and praise Him for it. You know, people often praised God whenever Jesus healed their disabilities. There are many stories in the Bible, in the gospel accounts, of Jesus healing people. And uh, he didn't come to this earth just to heal, but he did that. And one of the reasons was it was a proof to people who saw it happening that he truly was the Son of God. And whenever he did it, we see the scripture recount how people praised God, the Father in heaven, for the healing. One example here is in Matthew 15, beginning in verse 30. It says, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. And rightly so. It was right for them to do that because God himself was performing miracles in their presence. But like us, they sometimes confused things, giving greater glory for gifts that they could see the healings rather than for the gifts that are eternal. Now I want to turn to a story here in Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and beginning in verse 1. It has to do with a healing, but also another gift. And it's a story about some very determined men. They had a friend who was paralyzed, and they wanted to get this friend to see Jesus so that Jesus would heal him. And it tells a story here in Mark 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. So you get to imagine the scene, a crowded room with Jesus preaching, and all of a sudden there's a ruckus on the, on the ceiling. Men are digging through the roof, which was usually a dirt-covered uh, roof, and making a hole so that a man could be dropped down on, a, on a, a, a plat of some kind, dropping him down by ropes just to get him to Jesus for healing. 
you can imagine the, the emotion, the drama taking place when this happened. Now, when Jesus saw their faith, now notice that's the key. They went through all of this trouble to get this man up on the roof, to cut a hole, then to lower him down to Jesus because they had faith that Jesus could help this man, could heal him. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now this same account is found in other Gospels. I think it's in Matthew. Jesus says, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, when Jesus did this, we're going to see that the crowds did not praise God because they didn't like what Jesus said here. <laughs> they wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to see this man all of a sudden miraculously get up and start walking around and functioning as normal. But notice Jesus didn't do that right away. He said something else to him. He said, your sins are forgiven. Now, maybe even the man who was paralyzed might have been a little confused or disappointed because he was anticipating being healed as well. Now, healing was going to be coming, but Jesus said something more important at this point in time. He told the man that because of his faith in Jesus Christ, because of being brought to him for healing, that his sins were forgiven. Now, that is a gift that it goes far beyond the gift of healing. And Jesus was trying to help the man to, to see that and to help everybody who was in earshot to appreciate that. Jesus, first of all, before healing the man, responded to his faith by proclaiming to him that your sins are forgiven. So, not just physical healing, which was going to come, Jesus was showing that he not just heals, but the greatest gift that he could possibly give this man was the fact that his sins are forgiven. And Jesus had the power to do that. With this gift, the man received not just physical healing, but he received redemption. He received restoration, spiritually speaking. He received salvation and eternal life with God because now his sins are forgiven. And he's on you know, a right standing with God where he wasn't before because of his sins. But as we're going to see here as we read on, the immediate response of the people was not praise to God when Jesus said this. In fact, the response was questioning, was accusations, and even blasphemy. Let's read on here. Verse 6. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Good question. Jesus doesn't answer it. What do you think the answer is? Which is easier to say, 
your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. I think that the easier thing for Jesus to do is to say to the man, get up, take your mat, and walk. The more difficult thing for Jesus to say to the man is that your sins are forgiven because Jesus knew what it was going to require of him to bring about the forgiveness of the man's sins. Jesus was going to have to go to the cross. He was going to have to die on the cross to pay the penalty for the man's sins, just like he did to pay the penalty for all of our sins. So by comparison, healing is easier. than paying the penalty so that people's sins can be forgiven. He goes on to say in verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So the crowd didn't praise God until Jesus healed the man's paralysis. But actually, the greater gift that Jesus bestowed on the man was the forgiveness of his sins because of his faith. He he wanted to be brought to Jesus because he felt that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus had the power to heal him. So Jesus responded to his faith by also going a step further. And not just giving him the gift of healing, but giving him the greater gift. The greater gift of forgiveness of sins. The physical healing was a tremendous miracle, but you know what? It only lasted for a short season. This man eventually grew old and died, and his body went to the grave. Well, so much for the healed body. He died and was buried Now, if he had died in his sins, all his future would have held was God's wrath because of his sins. But because Jesus gave him the greater gift, the gift better than physical healing, the gift of forgiveness of sins, the man's future changed from wrath to eternal life in the presence of God. So you see, sometimes we ask for gifts from God. And that's okay. It's okay to do that. But we have to understand that we have already been given the greater gift, salvation in Jesus Christ. The story of Jesus giving the paralyzed man the greater gift should change our minds about what we praise God for the most. God may or may not offer you physical healing in this age. You know, as I look around the room, we're all, I think, hampered in one way or another physically somehow. We're either limping or we're in pain or we're weak or whatever the case may be. We're carrying things with us, perhaps, that we've carried for a while. And we've all learned the lesson that God may or may not offer you physical healing in this age. He certainly offers us strength daily in spite of the aches and pains we may have. You know, even during his time on earth, Jesus walked through crowds and crowds of people, all having many disabilities, only in a particular story to heal one man or one woman. And what about everybody else? Remember the time he went to the the pool of Siloam 
because there was a man who, you know, at a certain time, he thought if he was the first one in the pool, uh, he'd be healed. Well, Jesus healed him. But you know what? That whole area was filled with people who had physical disabilities who wanted to be healed. Jesus didn't heal every last one. Physical healing is a wonderful act of God's mercy and power, but it's not the greater gift. The greater gift is eternal salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And being with Jesus forever is a greater gift than anything we can experience today, even physical healing. Now, don't get me wrong. I like physical healing. I pray for physical healing. But in the back of my mind, whether God heals me of a particular thing or not, I know that I have already received the greater gift. And I'm thankful for that. And I praise him for that. I don't get into a bad attitude against God because he didn't heal this or he didn't heal that. I have, in a sense, received complete healing, and so have you. Healing of our sins. The greatest need for the paralyzed man was not the healing of his arms and legs, but the renewal of his soul. And this restoration came not through the healing that was to follow, but through the knowledge that his sins were forgiven. He didn't primarily need strengthened legs, but a strengthened heart. A heart that knew it was at peace with God. A heart that heard God call him son. Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. You know, when, when Jesus called him son, that encouraged the man that his relationship with God now has been made right. And that's the way we should all feel, because that's what Jesus has done for us. As soon as we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, all of a sudden, we have become sons and daughters of God the Father through Jesus. And no matter what we face in this life, what things we may need to be physically healed from or, or asked to be healed from, whether that healing comes or not. And that's God's call. He's got his own purposes and he's got his own reasons and his own agenda. And his agenda is always the best. And no matter what happens with regard to those other things, we have already received the greater gift. The gift of salvation. The physical healing is only going to last the rest of our lives. But the spiritual healing lasts for eternity. That's why it's the greater gift. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. An example of that, I think, is found in Paul's writings. And I think we all remember the story of Paul's thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. It was some sort of affliction. It could have been a health issue. It could have been persecution of some kind. We don't know. And I think that the Bible is uh, purposely vague on what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. Why? Because so that we can apply it to our lives, no matter what we might think our thorn is. You know, our thorn might be aches and pains, it might be a disease, it might be cancer, it might be a person who bugs us and persecutes us. It, it could be different things. But Paul was specifically vague so that it could be applicable to any of our lives. But notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 
to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, earlier in this chapter, he had talked about some visions that, he, that God allowed him to see of heaven, and he didn't want to boast. He didn't want to get on an ego trip of any kind. So to counterbalance the visions that he had seen, the tremendous spiritual understanding that God had given him so that he could be a teacher and teach us through the epistles, to counterbalance that, God humbled him. How? Verse 7, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, we've all had a thorn in the flesh from time, a literal thorn in the flesh, and it hurts. You step on something sharp, and all of a sudden you can't walk anymore because your, your foot is killing you. So no matter what this was, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, notice, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, I've already given you the greater gift. I've given you my grace. I've given you salvation as a free gift because of my mercy and compassion. So my grace, Paul, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So even though Paul pleaded with God to remove whatever that thorn in the flesh was, God's reply to him was, listen, I know you're hurting. I know it's really bugging you and you're, you're asking for help. But understand this, my grace is sufficient for you. I have already given you the greater gift, something even greater than healing, greater than removing whatever this thorn is, the persecutor or the trial in your life. And furthermore, God says to him, my power is made perfect in weakness. So God says, you know what? I want to keep you needy of me. I want to keep you coming to me for help. It's a good thing for you. It keeps you close to me. It keeps you in relationship with me. So I'm going to allow a certain amount of pain and suffering in your life. I'm just going to allow it because I know in the long run it does you more good than harm. So Paul has a good attitude about it. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So in our weakness, what do we normally do? We cry out to God. We keep praying about it. God, help. <laughs> I need your help. Remove this problem. Whether God does or not, it's good that it keeps you coming back to God on a daily basis. And that's where the real benefit is. So is physical healing a gift? Absolutely. We just prayed for a number of people that God would help them, that he would intervene through his mercy and heal the problems that they're having. That's something we should do on a regular basis. But whether God actually heals or not, He's already given us the perfect gift, the better gift, the greater gift, and that is salvation, redemption, eternal life. So let's keep that perspective in mind. 
because we all suffer with things from time to time. We all go through trials and testing. And we know we have faith that God knows what's best for us. He certainly has the power to intervene at any time and change things around, but he's working out a greater purpose in each of our lives. Don't forget that. And don't get into a bad attitude if the help that you're asking for doesn't come in the way that you expect. I'm sure that when that man was lowered from the ceiling to meet Jesus Christ, he wanted to get up like that, be able to walk around. He wanted healing. He knew this man could do it. But instead, what did Jesus say? Your sins are forgiven. Maybe he had to scratch his head a little bit to figure out what, what exactly that meant. I was expecting physical healing, and you're telling me my sins are forgiven. It was the greater gift. And yet, Jesus went ahead and healed him as well. But let's learn the lesson from this story. Let's learn the lesson that this man had to learn. That Jesus cares about us, he loves us dearly, and he's involved in our lives on a daily basis, the good times as well as the bad, and he's working out a tremendous purpose here. In his mind, what's even more important than us being healthy and happy and, and, and full of strength and vim and vigor, the most important thing in Jesus' mind for us is to have our sins forgiven, and he accomplished that on the cross. And it's more important for him to see us enjoy eternity with him than it is going through this physical life with more gusto or with a little less pain and discomfort. Yeah, he's aware of our suffering, but he has the right perspective, and hopefully we can gain that same perspective too. Let's praise God for the greater gift that he has given us all salvation and eternal life in his name. Father, thank you so much for the perfect gift that you've given us through Jesus Christ. You know us on this earth, our physical lives, they're very much open to you on a daily basis. You know what we go through, what we experience, what we suffer in some cases. And Father, you're always there to provide the mercy and the extra strength when we need it. But help us keep the proper perspective. You have given us something already that we're going to enjoy, guaranteed, for all eternity. A relationship with you, an eternal life with you. You already have a glorified body prepared for us. That at the time of your return, we will have that glorified body and be able to enjoy that pain-free and full of happiness and joy forever with you. And what a life that's going to be. We can't even imagine what it's going to be like. But it is a promise from you, and it is, it is certain because of your grace for us. So thank you. And Father, help us to keep the right perspective in everything that we do. And not only praise you for the good days, but also praise you during times of trouble because you have already given us the perfect gift the better gift, the greater gift in Jesus Christ. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, now we'll have our final praise song, and that'll conclude the service. <laughs>